Two things remained constant through Professor Anthony Flew's life. His mind concentrated on the big questions, and he was determined to follow the evidence honestly wherever it would lead. But as new scientific information was discovered, that principle led him to change, to reach a conclusion completely opposite from his original ideas. When you hear that bubbling sound, get ready for another episode of Truth in the Test Tube. We contemplate a scientific topic from a unique angle, and something solid precipitates from our discussion. Professor, you mentioned that big questions occupied Professor Flew's mind. What questions did he consider big or important? Towards the end of chapter 4 of his book, Professor Flew answers, The first is the question that puzzled and continues to puzzle most reflective scientists. How did the laws of nature come to be? And the second is, How did life originate from non-life? And the third is, How did the universe come into existence? He entitles chapter 5, Who Wrote the Laws of Nature? And he begins, Perhaps the most popular argument for God's existence is the so-called argument from design. And according to this argument, the design that is apparent in nature suggests the existence of a cosmic designer. Some people call it the argument from design. Others call it the argument to design. Professor Flew says, I've often stressed that this is actually an argument to design from order as such arguments proceed from a perceived order in nature to show evidence of design and, thus, a designer. During more than seven decades as an atheist, Professor Flew rejected this argument to design. What made him change? He says, developments in two areas in particular have led me to this conclusion. The first is the question of the origin of the laws in nature, and the related insights of eminent modern scientists. And the second is the question of the origin of life and reproduction. How does he define laws of nature? He answers, by law, I simply mean a regularity in nature. One example is Newton's first law of motion. An object at rest remains at rest unless acted upon by an external force. An object in motion remains in motion unless acted upon by an external force. Yes, that's a regularity or law, because it describes the way some aspect of nature reliably behaves. Professor Flew points out, the important point is not merely that there are regularities in nature, but that these regularities are mathematically precise, universal and tied together. In other words, they work smoothly together. Professor Flew put the idea in perspective. The question we should ask is how nature came packaged in this fashion. This is certainly the question that scientists from Newton to Einstein to Heisenberg have asked. Their answer was the mind of God. Several centuries ago, this was a common view among scientists, including Isaac Newton and James Maxwell. But do present-day scientists ever talk about things like the mind of God? Yes, one notable example is British cosmologist Dr Stephen Hawking. 
Hawking holds the position that Sir Isaac Newton occupied during his lifetime, Lucasian Professor of Mathematics at Cambridge University. And Dr. Hawking told an interviewer, the more we discover about the universe, the more we find that it's governed by rational laws. In his book, A Brief History of Time, Hawking discussed the question of why we exist, why the universe exists. And Hawking said, if we find the answer to that, it will be the ultimate triumph of human reason. For then, we should know the mind of God. I've been reading conflicting statements about what Einstein believed. One quotation from him was, I want to know how God created this world. I want to know his thoughts. The rest are details. But some authors have claimed Einstein was an atheist. Einstein answered that question. I'm not an atheist. We're in the position of a little child entering a huge library filled with books in many languages. The child knows someone must have written those books. It does not know how. It doesn't understand the languages in which they're written. The child dimly suspects a mysterious order in the arrangement of the books, but doesn't know what it is. That, it seems to me, is the attitude of even the most intelligent human being toward God. We see the universe marvellously arranged and obeying certain laws, but only dimly understand these laws. Another time, Einstein said, God makes himself known in the laws of the universe. Einstein sometimes wrote about a superior mind, a superior reasoning force, and the mysterious force that moves the constellations. He also wrote, Anyone who is seriously engaged in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that the laws of nature manifest the existence of a spirit vastly superior to that of men, and one in the face of which we with our modest powers must feel humble. Besides Einstein, have other Nobel Prize winning scientists expressed a belief that God exists? Yes, Nobel physicist Erwin Schrödinger stated, The scientific picture of the world around me is very deficient. It gives me a lot of factual information, puts all our experience in a magnificently consistent order, but is ghastly silent about all that is really near to our heart that really matters to us. He knows nothing of beauty and ugly, good or bad, God and eternity. Science sometimes pretends to answer questions in these domains, but the answers are very often so silly that we're not inclined to take them seriously. I also read that Schrödinger called the idea of God the most sublime idea that presents itself to the human mind. Nobel laureate Max Planck said, There can never be any real opposition between religion and science, for the one is the complement of the other. He also said, Religion and natural science are fighting a joint battle in an incessant, never-relaxing crusade against scepticism and against dogmatism, against unbelief and superstition. Nobel-winning quantum physicist Paul Dirac observed, God is a mathematician of a very high order, and he used advanced mathematics in constructing the universe. So, many famous scientists agree that their discoveries fit the argument to design, and imply that a very intelligent creator God exists. Templeton Prize winner Paul Davis agrees, 
science can proceed only if a scientist adopts an essentially theological worldview. Even the most atheistic scientist accepts as an act of faith the existence of a law-like order in nature that is at least in part comprehensible to us. The laws of nature are written in cosmic code that scientists decipher. Davis says the intricacy that we discover in nature is so fantastic that it points to a deeper underlying meaning to existence. Oxford University philosopher John Foster is convinced that the best explanation of why nature operates by a scientific law is that God's mind made nature. He says it's logical to think that God creates the laws by imposing the regularities on the world. Philosopher of science Richard Swinburne reasons that a personal God is the best explanation of the way the laws of nature operate. In our previous episode, Professor Flew illustrated a point by referring to a primitive civilization discovering a satellite phone. He imagined the natives arguing about whether the phone was originating the voices that came from it or whether it was relaying voices from humans speaking at a distant place. In this chapter, he refers again to it, saying, The laws of nature pose a problem for atheists because these laws are a voice of rationality heard through the mechanisms of matter. And Dr. Paul Davis says, Science is based on the assumption that the universe is thoroughly rational and logical at all levels. Atheists claim that the laws of nature exist without reason and that the universe is ultimately absurd. Probably the most famous person who thinks that is Nobel Prize-winning physicist Dr. Steven Weinberg, who is an atheist. He said, The more the universe seems comprehensible, the more it also seems pointless. The effort to understand the universe is one of the very few things that lifts human life a little above the level of farce and gives it some of the grace of tragedy. Professor Flew reacts, As a scientist, I find this hard to accept. The universe is arranged in a logical, orderly way. So our logical minds tell us that the universe is the work of a logical engineer and builder. As a former atheist, Dr. Flew concludes chapter 5 of his book entitled There is a God with these words. Those scientists who point to the mind of God do not merely advance a series of arguments or process of reasoning. It's a vision that I personally find compelling and irrefutable. Has today's program brought a question to your mind? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Where you live determines which email you use. If you live in India, please use testtube at radio882.com. Let me repeat that, testtube at radio882.com. Elsewhere in the world, it's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. That's truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. We'd be honored to hear from you and know what you're thinking, along with any questions or suggestions you may have. And join us again next time for Truth in the Test Tube.